0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the Politics of Tyranny. Um we're gonna take a a short little uh what is it, the seventh inning stretch? Is it? So yeah, I believe so. In baseball okay, you, yeah, I've, yeah, I've been reading books to my child about baseball. We don't actually Never watch actually seen a
1: baseball game. <laughs> Here it's quite exciting. It's funny because
0: all like all the major um all the major like story narratives that we have, Star Wars, Superman, he's getting the like coloring book as the first instance oh of yeah, it. yeah 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 right and what's amazing is, awesome. he, is he loves it with more passion i think than i could possibly have ever imagined even though he's never he doesn't he can't connect everything he just understands that this is a unique world that he has a little portal into and huh. he's, he's living it cool it's irrelevant to what we're talking about today we thought <sighs> what we would do is look at some questions because people are listening to this amazingly yeah i i uh I think at some point one would hope we'll get we'll get shut off of YouTube or I we got to figure out what to say that'll make that happen it's um I mean it's algorithmic okay you could start singing like copyrighted songs okay that would do it (laughs) (laughs) so we'll (laughs) think about uh, the point is that, that, (laughs) (laughs) that people are in fact asking us some questions and and normally my impulse when people ask me questions about anything I've done, especially with writing, is to be like, oh, are we still thinking about this? Yeah. I mean, this is, which is terrible. But for writing for me, it's like a, it's a birth process, right? Like it's, it's a gestation, a labor, some suffering, and then it's, it's there. Right. So when people like, then and then you have say, to revisit it. Right. Yeah. But I don't want to, you know, it's like that, I know, but that you was, have to. Exactly. Because you, you have owe to. it to people. Yeah. <laughs> especially the child that was born. So people are um, <laughs> are asking some questions, and there are some good questions and so I, I typed up all right, I copied and pasted six of them, five of them okay one one of them has a lot in there, so we'll go through it. Um, that I thought deserved a good response because you know we're talking about tyranny. we're saying that it is rule for private gain um, and that it hides itself as such by by deploying various mechanisms um, in which by which it appears in some ways as, Rule for the common good um, and by which it enables people to participate in the constructing of a tyrannical social order. Right. Because again, again, we keep saying this, but if you if tyranny was ever revealed as it was, it'd be very much like the devil revealing himself as he is repulsive. Right. So he has to disguise himself as an angel of light. Likewise, the tyrant, tyranny. Yeah, that's right. It's dishonest. It must be. It's, tyrants are liars. Big fakers. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's what that's maybe why we most want to behead them. You know, yeah, just to stop the lying, I yes. think. Frustrating. <laughs> so, anyways, um, <laughs> I think never mind. I was gonna say something about Biden. I think he's a liar. Really? Well, there was that whole thing where the he was like the Pope told me to keep receiving communion. Oh yeah, yeah. And all yeah, the, yeah. All the when track. I I
1: was when I said really, I meant it like in a sort of like personal culpability sense. Oh. Not, not in like a formal sense. Of mm. course he's a liar. Yeah. But like in like or a material sense, I mean of course he is. Right. We'll but be- I, mean, I, but I, have a, I have a sort of pity because I'm like, oh, he might not know. He, well, he,
0: he might be like just like a pathological liar. I mean, this
1: is. or, or Yeah, that he's just that it's just become that he's been so sort of
0: degraded
1: into into just into just just being a sort of conduit yeah. for whatever.
0: Well, politics will do this to you in some ways. Like I was running for uh, city council here and I was like knocking on doors and telling people to vote for me. Yeah. And it's amazing how how quickly you're willing to lie. Like people would yeah. ask me what I'm for and my, my, your initial like animal reaction is like, well, what, what do you want me to be for? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Like it's, it's how, it's how the, uh, it's really bad. And, and I, I mean, democracy is built up. I mean, has this idea that we're going to be honest and that's why we're going to find people that can represent our interests because they, they, they're there. But then when you actually hit the ground, it's like, yeah, but everyone's just going to lie about what they represent in order to get your vote. Well, yeah, and I, I, the, one of the reasons why I hesitate with the whole Joe Biden liar
1: thing is because it feels like normally that's the case. Mm-hmm. Like normally the politician is just a liar, right. but the politician is in fact the one who's like lying and manipulating. But in this situation, I feel like it's gone one step deeper, right? Where, where like the biggest lie is that we don't really know who's lying to us.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> because I don't think he's in charge of the lies he says, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Like Barack Obama, or or whoever i think he was lying to us yeah here i'm not really sure who is <laughs> and that and that, i
0: find that to be more disturbing
1: <laughs> well this might this might help us
0: with our first question okay because it, i think it's extremely relevant to to joe um <laughs> poor joe are the tyrants conscious they are tyrants wow i think this is actually a really good question that's a great question because if you kind of read it on the face of it, we're very much talking about, well, the tyrant does this in order to get that. Tyrant institutes propaganda. The tyrant, um, you know, needs a bureaucracy. Right. So they become, but we're also at the same time saying, but the only way you even have tyranny is if everyone is involved in some way through the through the deployment of fear throughout a society, which kind of begins to ask the question, well, um, does a tyrant know Is he's a tyrant it on purpose? Like, if you're just born in a tyrannical society, you, you know. You think about you. You might. I feel like they certainly would never say they were a tyrant, right? Well, of course, <laughs> that's part of being a tyrant, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but,
1: um, it, it's a similar question, isn't it, to, to asking, um, does a sinner know he's sinning? Hmm. I think isn't that a similar a similar question. Well, maybe because. Because the answer is always yes and no, right? Like if if the sinner doesn't rationalize the sin somehow, because he's a human being, so he's always desiring the good in some sense. Right. He's always rational. He's an intellectual being, so he's producing rationalizations for his actions in some sense. Mm-hmm. So the idea that a human being is capable of of a pure sin, like a pure, like when we when we say sin, we must be including. The falsification of the intellect, the falsification of the wills, we're right. including the rationalizations, the self delusions, the, yeah. tr- the trickery mm-hmm. that we're that we're subjecting ourselves to. that's a, that's intrinsic to the idea of sin, mm-hmm. right? So it seems like the tyrant, I mean, so th- 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 there but you can descend into viciousness to the point where, I mean, it can go all the way to the point of like explicit devil worship, right? Where you're getting pretty close to evil for evil's sake, mm-hmm. but you haven't quite gotten there. Right. So ty- tyranny, would seems to be similar. Yeah. Right. That, that there are, there are people who are, who, who want to amass power and wealth. They know they're trying
0: to amass power and wealth. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, sure. if you think about, if you think about the definition rule for private gain, then then in some ways. I think, yeah, most tyrants are conscious they're tyrants because they're conscious that they're ruling for private gain. Now, what they do with that consciousness is the next question. So if you look at our, our, um, our corporate sort of business world rulers, mm-hmm. uh, increasingly just our rulers, yeah. um, they will say that they're ruling for private gain that's right absolutely they'll just say that my rule for private gain is what's best for for everyone, everyone. if i
1: that's right yeah. you know
0: produce all of these cool devices and technologies and i, I will i will be allow you know the well there's also yeah, I mean, the whole reach system goods. works that way
1: right Where are like the whole sort of um adam smith system yeah like everybody working for private gain is the what's best for all of us right 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 like they, they make that justification
0: yeah so i i, I, I guess... mean a pure tyrant like if you could if you could imagine it would say i'm ruling for private gain and and i don't and i, I don't, don't care give a, give a damn if it's for yeah public, <laughs> yeah no that's right somehow I yeah but uh, but I, I
1: think it becomes darker um because i think the tyrant themselves because it's disordered becomes a slave mm-hmm. um a slave to the systems that they've created right so tyranny fails is i guess what i'm saying it's not like you succeed in being a tyrant, like." yeah you 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 ultimately build even if you're a very successful one you ultimately build the mechanisms that crush you too 100%. right like and so in the bible we get the examples of like the tyrannical kings that sacrifice their own sons to yeah. the gods
0: or you know it's a really but big...
1: the gods are nothing other than a mechanism of their power but they right. they have to but do they it. have to do it right because right they... in order to maintain the mechanism of their power they have to kill their own son
0: maybe one one easier way into that is is uh Is the use of eunuchs so uh throughout i'm thinking of like ancient tyrants so we can recognize Mm -hmm. a clear type well one of the ways of uh successfully creating a a a more pure bureaucracy was to use castrated males because if you can castrate people as slaves then they can't produce a family right um and they don't have loyalties to i mean because they're slaves Mm -hmm. they don't have loyalties to whatever family they've been ripped apart from Mm-hmm. So you have a you have a sort of actually atomized, isolated individual. I mean, to some extent, right? I see what you're. saying. So they become
1: they become devoted to the system, Devo- devoted to the because system because that's where they devoted fit. To the tyrants. that's where their safety, that's where they prosper, that's where they.
0: But historically, a... Unix then. So so this is what you do: you're buying and selling Unix and they and they usually tend to form the power structure around the imperial court. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether we're looking at Syria or China or you know. Persia, obviously, this is this is the... Even the Byzantine Empire. Byzantine, yeah, it gets a little weird. We the are there because they're Christians. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, go ahead. So, okay, but then you, <laughs> so you have that, but then you also have, I mean, you think about the story of um, Jezebel in the Bible. Um, when Jezebel dies, it's because uh, her eunuchs throw her off of the mm-hmm. parapet. She dies. Yeah, yeah. And this is, this is also as common a story as the amassing of eunuchs is that eventually the eunuchs start to run the show and often... Are essentially choosing, uh, the emperor or you know the 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 ruling power, the the deep state. Yeah, I mean essentially, right? <laughs> it's because like, well, if you said if you say, okay, I want to rule and I'm going to rule by you know denigrating the human person into a a mere extension of my will. Okay, you can kind of do that to some extent, but then those are that well, that is where the power is now, mm-hmm. like and to some extent it's diffused throughout those. Um, couriers, messengers, this whole because the the thing is, people never actually become pure representations of your right, will. Right, right, right. They always have their own. So then they always, at some point, become the system that uh, as an emperor. Well, now you have to you have to work through the system that you've made. You have to consult the eunuchs. They have to be. On yeah, your well, side. I mean they the line the line between <laughs> the line
1: between dominating and manipulating the mob and and having to worship the mob is. Is very thin hundred percent. like you cross over right, right between those things the mob yes you can manipulate it but you also have to placate it you also have to be
0: afraid of it you've created this mob the mob is the source of your power but the mob is fickle well and this goes back you know? to <laughs> it, um, our episode on fanaticism right. right so once you once you create a people that are fanatics and will uh, will live and die um for almost anything, because they're so atomized and isolated from regular sources of community and authority. Like, that's great. So long as you don't become their enemy. (laughs) Right. No. And the thing about tyranny, of course, is that the tyrants, one tyrant
1: is never alone. There are rivals. Right. So the, and the, and the mechanisms that a tyrant is producing are, are transferable to his rival. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you end up, you end up on the receiving end. Almost every tyrant does. How many tyrants die of old age? <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: right. Look at the decline of the Roman Empire. So, okay. so, but I mean, all of this to get back to the original yeah, question: Do conscious? the tyrants know what they're doing? Yes, sort of. Then they become victims of their own tyranny. I think. I also, I also think another thing that maybe would be worth considering is one of the things that the tyrant does. Okay, so we we talk about non-tyrannical power, non-tyrannical regimes as truth-based.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're pursuing the truth. We're, we're trying to perceive what it is as an intellectual component to it, and then um, building social structures uh, uh, social structures that sort of instantiate that truth in a way that works. Okay, that's the sort of just way of conceiving of it. But, but tyrants are indifferent to the truth, right? Um, and tyranny is, but that doesn't mean that they're not intellectual beings. And so I think part of what happens is that it becomes reversed so that it's not the question of are they doing something because they believe it becomes the wrong question the question is they're doing they're doing something tyrannical and they're willing to believe whatever helps them do that mm-hmm. right so do they really believe what they're saying sure yeah but but the, the reason why they believe it is because it's useful right but not because it's true oh yeah but they really have deluded themselves into believing it because they'll just believe they'll just shift from one thing to the next to believe whatever works
0: uh, and that's a really good point because the sign of <laughs> A person really believing is precisely what allows you to develop a fanatical devotion mm-hmm. like you can't do it if you think they're they don't believe in it right right yeah yeah <laughs> that's right so I think that tyrant that's himself
1: becomes fanatical is the point
0: yeah 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 that's true. because he, he, he'll believe he'll believe whatever works as well you know where you sometimes see this is like on in like in a small scale is like I, I think people can experience this on social media some sometimes because they might so you might have like like truth concerns and be talking about them. Mm -hmm. But then you just say something that you're like, you know, you're might be convicted, but you're just kind of like mad and you, and you put it out there and then suddenly, okay, that's the thing that everyone, okay, now they're sharing you and they're, Mm -hmm. they're commenting. And then you realize that that's efficacious now. Right. So then you start to, do, I mean, you see this in the decline of any like so now intellectual you backfill, project. You backfill all the rationality you
1: need and you make the arguments that make it work. And, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then yeah, na- you, now come to believe it.
0: Now the motivation is what works to get the support. But then the truth is no longer the concern. It's just the thing that you need to have. And you need other people to believe that you have in order for, um, to, to grasp yeah. that kind of weird social power. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad because you see people go through it, right? It's like the concern begins with truth and then it um
1: yeah ends with just but i think deep because we're human beings deep down inside there's a nagging conscience
0: one would hope yeah i think that that's there that's yeah. good even if it's buried really yeah, yeah yeah yeah. okay so hopefully that's helpful with the are the tyrants conscience they are tyrants sometimes sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> uh, well i mean i
0: mean i don't mean to just go
1: back to that question but you think about you think about like like what are the ways that tyranny? Uh, I know we're wasting too much time. One of the ways that tyranny manifests itself in the sort of everyday world would be in something like consumerism, which is maybe a topic for another podcast. But that's using your purchasing power for self-interest, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So all I care about with the power I have mm-hmm. in my money is my own my own consumption. So mm-hmm. I'm a consumer. That's what I am. I'm. Cons- but, but people do people feel guilty about that? Well, they do. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they feel guilty about it because they think they're tyrants. They might not realize that they're misusing their power.
0: Sure. They might it might be
1: other reasons why they're guilty
0: right. about it. And it would be that kind of guilt that coexists with still doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anyway, so that's just we can go move on now. Sorry. It's like people that are guilty about having a smartphone. Yeah. It doesn't change having a smartphone. It's just it's just there. You just know it's bad. All right. Anyways, <laughs> this relates. Um now this is uh specifically in reference to our discussion on propaganda so so what we said is that the tyrant needs to have propaganda because uh, you, you needs to be able to deliver a false world um, it which isn't coherent it's not the real it's, it comes from the tyrant it makes him the kind of source of the social order mm-hmm. um, and what this gentleman asked was under this definition would you say that all entertainment is propaganda or at least has propagandist traits, because entertainment, including even books and theater, usually provides no opportunity for dialogue. It is simply received from above, as you described. As you described, mm-hmm. uh, a couple like corollary questions. But is the difference then in the content of the message being communicated, and whether it correlates to the real real world versus an invented one? Interesting question. So I, I'll, I'll take a, a brief step okay. at, at this. So. So I think um, – yeah, I do think that I would say most entertainment is propaganda. Let's start with that. Me too. Uh, because most entertainment is currently predicated on um, the destruction of communal forms of entertainment. So what I, what I mean by that is um, – and he talks about books and theater and stuff. And I want to push back a little bit on that because when you have say dancing or theater or singing concerts, things that are things we do together, it is true that you establish a certain relationship of power. I mean, you're in an aesthetic mode, but it's still that there's one person giving and you're receiving Mm -hmm. or a whole group of people giving and you're receiving. Um, But it's a real relationship of, audience to Mm -hmm. to performer right or in something like a dance that that even kind of goes away it's like you're you're... Um, but in entertaining ourselves in that way I would still say that the form is dialogue right because there is an actual ability to assess the gift as it is given right sure I mean
1: dialogue when you and I are having a dialogue, I talk and then you talk. We don't talk at the same time. Right, sometimes we do. Yeah, but that's always a mistake. Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it can have sort of like an effect. That's nice, but, but you're not supposed to do it. Um, so, so the fact that people are taking turns talking yeah. is, not, is not itself a problem. So you can I think we can conceive of things even like books as being people taking turns mm-hmm. talking right? So I read their book, I write something about their book. They read my book. I mean, the academic, a, a healthy academic climate would operate this way, mm-hmm. right? Even even novels, literature, that kind of discourse can be occurring uh, on a different scale than a, co- a one-on-one conversation. Oh,
0: absolutely. And if you think about the history of, of novels, I mean, the good ones are usually responses to each other. I mean, Yeah. So they are, them.
1: they're responding, but I think, so I, I think we have to be careful about about sort of, over making that, that form overly rigid and not seeing that we're talking about something that can have a bigger, a bigger social um, dynamic going on. You know, the the conversation happens over the course of generations. It happens, right? I mean, it's a, it's a big conversation, but I think, I think the key, a key idea would be that the conversation is oriented towards truth.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, and, and towards the good of the one you're conversing with. Mm -hmm. So one key aspect of propaganda is that it has an ulterior motive. Mm -hmm. I think, that, I think that's a, so so when you talk about like our current entertainment, you watch a TV show now. You, if you're watching a TV show, its objective is to get you to watch the next one, <laughs> right? Like that's what it, it, it doesn't, it's not, its objective is, is to get you to consume more so that they can sell you more advertising, right? Or show you more advertising. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what they're trying to do. And so what that means is that the show itself is just more advertising. It's advertising for itself. It's <laughs> advertising for, so it's, it's, it has an ulterior motive in Th- it. This
0: is why I, ha- I had to just stop watching shows because it would always be so disappointing. Because
1: you're so manipulated that you get frustrated.
0: Yeah. Well, I get frustrated because they use the goods of story, mm-hmm. like end of dialogue, to actually begin. Because you have to, because you yeah. want good things. Right. But then around like season two or whatever, it's, right. it becomes self evident that there's no plan to the show. They they are they begin to respond in real time to the reactions of you, you know what yeah, I mean? no, like, I know like exactly the, what you're. To talking the sales, about. to the numbers. Absolutely, I mean, this is my wife and I talk have talked about this all the time. It's like
1: season two on any show is when you turn it off.
0: Well, because season two, you end up they just end up talking about which people within the show that you've established are now having like soap opera type yeah, relationships. Exactly, yeah, it's like okay, we've established this really interesting world, and now we're watching a soap opera. But but <laughs>
1: the the alter the the idea though, I think, is that the idea we're getting at here is that this is a form of sophistry in the mm. classical sense of right of manipulating language and rhetoric and manipulating your audience for an ulterior motive, right? It's like communication for hire. Mm-hmm. It's mercenary. Mm-hmm. And that, that I think is necessarily a, a
0: propaganda situation. Um, and I would say this, like there's no like pure form that can't become propaganda, right? Like, like you might wax poetic about like theater or books, but obviously you could absolutely use it for propaganda, propaganda purposes. Yeah. And, and part of that would be
1: would be that it's not engaging in a in the dialogue, mm-hmm. okay? So it is in, it is attempting to dominate the conversation mm-hmm. rather than to engage in it, mm-hmm. whatever the cultural conversation is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that it has an ulterior motive,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like these things, and and part of what that means is that another way of saying that is that instead of engaging in the world building process that is the the, the truth seeking dialogue, they're attempting to impose world Mm -hmm. so they're seeking to dominate that dialogue and and they're and they have an ulterior motive so it's not the truth it's something else which means the world they present to us is a lie right right or incidentally true it could be i suppose but (laughs) i mean here or there so um
0: no that's i mean that's a good distinction
1: i think that's important It's a good
0: distinction and it means that no not not all entertainment is propaganda or it doesn't have to be the, the act of being entertained by someone is a step in a dance, a part of a dialogue, you know?
1: Yeah, that's right. The,
0: the question is is rather, um, is that in fact what the particular uh, piece of entertainment is for? And if it's actually... Yeah, and even 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 the presenting of
1: fictitious worlds, it's important that we understand that we have a sophisticated understanding of what we mean by that, right? I mean, the telling of stories, of myths, of... You know, plot lines that are established, fairy tales, these are all fictitious, mm-hmm. right? but they're but that's because one of the modes of communicating truth is storytelling. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're a lie, mm-hmm. right? They're just fiction. <laughs> but when we say a, a fictitious world, we mean a, we mean a dishonest one, right, right. Like, a, like a lie,
0: right? Yeah, okay, yeah, I mean, I think that's important. I think that answers that totally. okay. I know you guys have said that we have been living under a tyranny for some time. Is there a time you can point to and say, "There, that's when tyranny began to rear its ugly head"? Yeah, Um, when the serpent tempted Adam and Eve, right? Yeah, they did it. Um, I maybe in America, I don't know. I mean, I think at this point, if we understand rule for private gain, we have to say, "Look, there's no." Because that's ultimately an interior act. Because what all structures of sin rest on are personal sin. I mean, this is really important that it's not like, it, you know, it's it's like a fractal pattern. Like what mm-hmm. social tyranny is, is what the individual act of being a tyrant is. It's like those, those have this mere relation. And obviously you can't know exactly when someone decides to rule for private gain. I mean, maybe it's the moment that um maybe it's true one day and not true the
1: next day exactly yeah (laughs) but but no but i think the point here the real gist of this question is a is like a historical sociological Mm -hmm. question when did our society um the problem the problem answering it is that is that when we say we live in a tier under a tyranny now we we have to understand that what we're saying is that the tyrannical form has has gained ascendancy over the non-tyrannical form not that not that they're not still engaged in in a struggle. Sure. Yeah. Right. So the, the, I think this can get us to the the idea of the city of God and the city of man, the sign of a sort of Augustinian understanding of history. There's always the city of God and the city of man, and they're always engaged in a struggle. Mm-hmm. And and the city of man, though, can gain the ascendancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the city of God is sort of operating um, in a rear guard way or in a missionary way, maybe it would be a better way of putting it, mm-hmm. but it's always still there because human beings are ultimate. And it's actually not only always still there, it's always ultimately the true reality because human beings, even in a tyrannical society, are pursuing the good, right? Even even if they have that perverted. So the city of God is always the ultimate, the ultimate reality. So there's always, um, there's always the non-tyrannical order somewhere deep down if you dig deep enough. Now, I think in the United, if we're just talking about the United States, then I think what we're talking about is a historical process whereby the, 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 social, the social networks of solidarity, so the social networks, the social forms that provided um, meaning in life um, government in life, uh, prosperity in life, and, and, and in the end, I mean, I guess we're just talking about human flourishing that provided the possibility for happiness, social happiness. Mm-hmm. That those forms have been steadily um, pushed out and replaced by tyrannical forms, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Who t- who seek to fill those those the voids that as those forms are pushed out. Yeah. Now, I think this this began. It, from the very beginning, this right, has been I mean, going on. It's been going on since the Reformation. It's been going on, you know. Right, right. But in some um, ways,
0: I, I know that sort of Schindler or Hanby would argue that it it was present in our constitution in the specific. Yeah, the problem with liberal that. Liberal project, I mean, that's I correct. Guess. They're right,
1: obviously. I think, but maybe so. It's not the problem with that. Maybe an added component would be that the United like part of the. It, it's a mistake to. It's actually, it's actually maybe a, a, the mistake of falling prey to the tyrannical concept to look only at what the elites are doing and think that's it. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, here's the formal documents. Here's the constitution. Yeah. The constitution made the tyranny the, happen. And then, and not, and not to realize, no, that the yeah that those things may all be tyrannical in form, but it takes a very, very long time mm-hmm. for that to actually propagate itself into imper, into in sort of an imperialistic way replace what's actually on the ground yeah and what, what's actually on the ground in most places are communities of solidarity yeah right. villages churches farming communities right like the, Who these, might have
0: wrong ideas but those wrong ideas haven't yet and they're tyrannical in some right. ways but in a much less much mm-hmm. less uh, degree maybe one way to right? put it is this look at the moment at which it became a believable thought whenever this was that the important thing in a human life, was to leave your family and get a job somewhere else that is at the very least you could say that's where the tyranny is it became more recognizable as the real social order than what preceded it
1: yes I think I think you can see lots of things um I mean maybe it's easy the economic side might be the easiest for us to see because it's just like in our face right so so but I think maybe another way would be would be the sort of forms of social life what I mean is um do as we get to the point where there's a sort of typical middle class way of being and that way is the same, it doesn't matter if you're in Phoenix or in Philadelphia mm-hmm. or something. When you start seeing things like that, mm-hmm. you're, you, you must be seeing a shift. To the tyrannical, mm-hmm. you know what you know because because the homogenization, the tyrannical form is 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 dominating, mm-hmm. and and so you're losing regional differences. I mean, if you want to look at it from like an anthropological point of view, losing accents, losing customs, mm-hmm. losing those are all evidence that those solidarity based forms of government are being replaced mm-hmm. by by centralized um, uh, amassing systems. I think. So when does all that begin? I mean, I, you get massive accelerations, massive accelerations in the 1930s, massive accelerations during World War II, right. right? Massive accelerations and then into the 50s. And these things aren't incidental. I mean, if you look at propaganda, we were just talking about propaganda. I mean, the history of propaganda, and this isn't like some sort of like radical critique. It's like just factual that the men who were the, who invented modern propaganda for World War I when the war ended went directly into marketing like they started the first marketing um outfits and the first pr outfits who then completely switched gears for the second world war and became propagandists for the war perfected the art and then went to new york city and started the big advertising firms i mean that it's the, it's actually like the same guys and they didn't even they didn't even distinguish between the word i mean marketing was a word that started to be used only in the middle of the century because pr- they, they used propaganda for marketing until it became too associated with like the Nazis and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you stop using the word propaganda, but they, we weren't even distinguishing in the language until then.
0: Mm.
1: Right. So like those are acceleration points where these forms become dominant. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. That's a good answer. <laughs> All right. Two more here. Well, I'm going to switch the order here. Okay. Okay. So this is the one where we might need to be careful on it says this begs one major actually he said this is amazing but it all begs one major question so okay. that's really nice that's nice how is the church not itself a tyranny oh. uh we talk about propaganda but is dogma negotiable we talk about scale it's not higher the hierarchy the clerical hierarchy a scaled authority we talk about tyranny being the will of one exercised over many. Isn't God a tyrant, and thus also anyone acting in the name of God? I know how you identify the Bible as being the anti-tyrannical guidebook, but how does the church maintain itself in a dogmatic and organized sense without becoming tyrannical at every level, from pope to catechism class? And then he said some other nice stuff about us. But I don't, I mean, like, what are we doing here? to say nice things about us? No. We're on the firing line. The, what is that called? The, like a TV show get hard questions, hot seats something like that yeah uh, I think this is a huge question yeah. but it, but it's not it's not easy to answer. so so one of the things is that we got to go back to the Old Testament I think because the church is the fulfillment of the old you can't understand the new um, law, the new society without looking at the course of history like where it came from. Um, and what you see in the old Testament is a certain method from, from God, um, in that he, from the beginning is graciously responding to what we make of the world. Okay. So when he creates Adam he gives him the command to be fruitful, to, to multiply, to f- fill the earth and subdue it. But it's already clear that God is not controlling Adam and how he will build the world. I mean he gives the animals for him to name and he's really says God waited uh, <laughs> waited to see to see what the what he would name the animals. St. Thomas, St. Thomas goes so far as to say that, that
1: man participates in God's providence. Yeah, it's wild. So he's free. Mm-hmm. The only, I mean providence.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean oh, that's a you, strong word. You wouldn't want to go so <laughs> you wouldn't want to go so far as to say that we could surprise God with what we do, but but pretty close to that. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, that's the best we could do to imagine it, what it would yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I don't think that's
1: a, a mistake for us to imagine it that way. Right.
0: The, the best analogy is, is a father surprised at what his child has made. Yeah. And then we have to say, okay, but that's infinitely uh, not like what it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but having said that... Um, <laughs> Okay, so that's the world. Now then we sin and we start to build a, a bad world. We start to to go down instead of up towards the devil instead of God, towards sin instead of virtue, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, the whole tired sad story. But that but we, we don't destroy who we are. We are still world builders, right? And God doesn't destroy who he is. He is still the father who has Ordained that he, he will be in this position of receiving the world from us mm-hmm. as we try to make it into something good when I mean, we're not, but that's, right. that's the structure, right? That's what a human being is. That's right. That's Dasein. Awesome. <laughs> Forget Heidegger. Let's move on. Um, the, the, <laughs> so, so there we are. Um, and we start to build things that are really bad, um, for the sake of trying to be like God. Um, we envy divinity. We are, um, we reject our human condition, and so we start to do things that are that God had no no, when we say God had no plan for. Because I say that because that's that's biblical language. God looks at something, for instance, like um, animal sacrifice, right? So He, you know, we start to do things like sacrificing people, and then um, sacrificing animals, and at some point in, in the prophets, God says you know, I had, like, why are you trying to feed me the flesh of bulls? If I was hungry, I would tell you. And he says things like, uh, speaking of human sacrifice, like I never thought of it. I never had any plan for this. Which mm-hmm. is So the, what the language is, is showing is that we can create forms that are not good. But then what doesn't happen is God doesn't come and just obliterate these forms. So we create things like altars mm-hmm. to offer sacrifice and priests to do it. Not in some not because we're looking at some heavenly archetype and making an altar that was the plan and, right. and the priest that was the plan um but because we're doing things like sacrificing humans that's right Yeah. right and then and then sacrificing animals
1: but okay. because we're not totally depraved those actions always have within them a kernel of our nature right right
0: So which is why we can look back at them and say, well, there's something here that points to like the total sacrifice of the self that was desired. But the the reason this gets confusing is sometimes then what people think is they think in an evolutionary term, right? Like we have this kind of like rote Darwinism. So we we look back at it and we say, oh, so what was happening was there was this like rough kind of sense that we're supposed to give ourselves to God that got through history progressively. Yeah, right. So, I mean, uh, a great
1: example of this would be be, um, the temple. Yeah. Right. So, we we it's very common in, in in Catholic circles to talk about Eden as a as a temple, and as Adam as a priest, mm-hmm. and as the project is to build the temple for God to build the world as a temple. These sorts of things, and there, and, when, and and then we think, oh, then later there are temples, and we sometimes later in history, and we sometimes ther- therefore say like have the analogy going that way, like we like we think, oh this sort of primordial temple was then instantiated as these real but it's actually the opposite right that that where temples first temples as temples like the literal temple appears is in paganism
0: mm-hmm.
1: right and and then god says yeah i see what you're doing there right like that's really wrong but it's not completely wrong mm-hmm. right like i like what you're doing is building a world building a world oriented towards worship building it and that can be appropriated appropriated from within your construction and redirected towards me so i will be your god mm-hmm. oh, so yeah. now we'll build a temple but there's no idol in it right right so it's is it really a temple like the pagans had well no it's sort of but it's been it's been sort of taken up and changed now we have this temple form now we can go back to genesis and go look what what in this primordial form is like the temple mm-hmm. Right? But the analogy is going the other direction historically, mm-hmm. right? The temple is the prime analogy. Do mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying?
0: Right, right. Like, like <clears throat> Adam and similar, similarly with the priest.
1: With The priest the same way. Kingship the same way.
0: Right. So, the, <laughs> okay. So, so this being the case, <laughs> what, what we can see in the Old Testament is God looking at our broken forms and saying, I will humble myself to take up this world that you're building despite its brokenness. And enter into it so that you can have communion with me. Okay. So that I can touch you've, you. You've invented yeah. gods. Okay. I will be a god. I will be your and god. He says a god. I mean he makes it I know. He he literally profoundly says humbling. I, I will become a god like unto the other gods. And that's precisely right. what you see in the early in the early days of, of Israel is them acting like they've got Yahweh and other people have other gods and they're gonna go fight.
1: Right. So you you you're you're really into sacrifice. I will I will I will command you to sacrifice to me right right so that you don't sacrifice to something else exactly you're really into temples
0: you're you're, you're, you're really you're really really like yeah. Like, yeah i i will become commander of your armies i will become I will all enter, of which are, are acts
1: of, of of condescending that that takes some of the the corrupt forms and redeems them to a certain degree
0: yeah and and that redemption is really important for for this question <clears> here because what redemption kind of is a is a twofold movement like on the one hand you can look at it and say Okay, redemption is taking something that's that's bad and then making it good. Okay, but there's another there's another thing happening that when you take up a bad form, and then make it for God, as it were, um, it also prevents us from having that form in its bad mode. Oh, and anymore. actually, <laughs> it actually
1: it actually is a different thing. Yeah, it just it just looks like it.
0: Right, but what I, what I, what I <laughs> so it tricks us. Right, but what I'm trying to get at, if you look at the Old Testament, okay. right like how can you have um the abhorrence of of human sacrifice of um idolatrous temples that you, you see characterizing it except for that god has given one true temple that's right right and and one sacrificial reg- regime in which human sacrifice is rejected so what i mean is it's as, you could as much say it is a method of making the tyrannical part of the forms that we create impossible for people i mean that's what the old testament is it's like um so so (laughs) so look at the law yeah right so narrow in on something here the law
1: (laughs) is given to to the people of god by god as if he is their king yeah so the law is given in the same sort of way that laws that human laws corrupt laws are given by God kings, by pagan God kings, the same sort of way. Mm-hmm. But the God king happens to actually be God. <laughs> right, right. Right, okay. So so the law then has the form in some ways of the pagan the pagan sort of God king regimes. But because it's true and rather than corrupt, it's not ordered towards the private gain. It's not ordered towards the tyranny. It's mm-hmm. not ordered, it's telling the truth. It's not lying. So it's not propaganda. Right, so like, so you- it. And, and the king who they receive, mm-hmm. uh, is or Israel is given, is not really a king or another way to put it, maybe or not really a pagan king, but maybe the way to put it would be that he's a more, he's more perfectly a king because he he lacks the corruption that's in the pagan king. So he doesn't issue laws, he meditates upon the law, mm-hmm. right? He judges the law and mediates it, but isn't the source of it. Right. Right, so this is not, we call him David king, but is he a king? Right. He's not a king the way Pharaoh is a king.
0: Right. He can't just say, This so, is my will, let it be done. But then we say, Well, he's a more
1: perfect king. Right. Okay. Well, what we're really saying, you know, it's, it's a, you can see the way these, these analogies are going. And really, God is the king. So, like when I was reading, I've just been reading through all the wisdom literature again and, and, and the sort of insistence upon the fear of God, I think is, is, is an aspect of this because you're afraid of Pharaoh. Do you know? and like the fear of god is is i think an aspect of this is that 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 sort of awe that sort of um obedience that sort of um uh, humble deference is what's given to god and there's an analogy there i think for what's happening in the tyranny in the tyrannies mm-hmm. right that's why we use the word fear mm-hmm. right it's like it's like the fear of god isn't really fear right but it's the kind of things that slaves have of their masters, right, right, right? right? You're going to have this instead.
0: Right. And so we call it fear. Right. 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 And what's really you cool. Know? <laughs> and, and to kind of get, get to the point here is that, that, that fear then also has the effect of making disdainful and distasteful fear for man. Right. So at the same time that you can say, fear the Lord, right. You can, you can start to say things like, well, only the Lord should be feared in this manner. Like, why yeah. do you fear him? Like, they talk about the God kings, uh, Sennacherib, and they say, like, don't fear him. His arm is but an arm of flesh. That's right. Yeah. Right? So, so you have the ability to, w- once God takes over those forms, right? He undoes what, what, them. What, what, what happens? Yeah, but the undoing is really cool. because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So he takes all the forms. He takes sacrifice and kings and priests and temples, and he takes them. And he says, okay, now now I am their object, Right? And then what happens is because he has this claim on all of them, when we turn and look at their tyrannical, like where they came from, we, we don't trust them anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, one and, and in one way, I, I think that's really important because it, uh, we're trying to get at why the church can in some ways, not according to its like fallenness as an institution, but according to its structures seem to imitate tyranny. And in some ways, what what is happening is that it is doing that because it is taking up the human forms that we have and making it impossible that they be orientated towards man and his gain and ultimately his idolatry anymore because now it's for God. So when you think about the incarnation, we'll just do the incarnation real quick. Easy okay. peasy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hinge of all all the cosmic history, when you think about yeah. Think about, okay, if the fundamental sin is that you want to be like God um, and then the moment in which we're saved is when God actually becomes man. Right. The way that you could describe this as a negative action on God's part is that now, since God has entered history, any claim that any man makes to actually be God is rendered ridiculous, suspect, and impossible. I mean, why is it the case that we have massive accumulations of power, but we don't believe that there are any gods anymore? Right. Like if Because God
1: has rendered the word and the concept God no longer um, accessible to the
0: it's tyrant. It's not available to us. It's not it,
1: available to the tyrant, right? He's, it's not because he's, it's Christ. He's, he's appropriated claim, it and defused it, destroyed it.
0: Right. All you can be yeah. now is the Antichrist. You can't, right. you can no longer be a God. You can no right. only be the Antichrist because Christ has revealed himself as the image of the father, which means that if you are going to try to do the same, you can only do it as another Christ. You can only say, I am Jesus Christ in some way. Now, now again, this is obviously, I'm not saying what I'm saying is this is the effect of Christian civilization, mm-hmm. right? As, as Christianity is realized in the world, you create people who can't be scared of gods anymore because there's one God and he has been revealed as a man and any other man can only have access to the father through that particular man. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's a prevention.
1: You, know, you realize, you know that, that when the Romans went after Christians, like, like I've been studying this recently, and why did they go after the Christians and not the Jews? And and it seems to turn on the incarnation because what they thought the Christians were asserting was that God had been man, and th- and that if you if you just believe in the sort of Platonic God, the sort of God of all goodness as a source, okay, yeah. right? That's that's <laughs> philosophically supportable. Yeah. But as soon as you argue that that God has enters entered into the world, so God made man. Now you're challenging the emperor. Mm-hmm right so that was what it was turning on not their lack of worship of the pantheon mm-hmm. lots of people didn't worship the pantheon mm-hmm. they weren't concerned about that it was christ yeah right love it
0: yeah okay so so, <laughs> so okay so when we enter into the new testament it, it's not that god changes his methods it's that it's a fulfillment of the law okay yes. so so he is still taking up the world that we've given like like we have to be willing to, it can feel blasphemous at times, but we have to be willing to say that the form that the church takes, like the body of Christ is not this idea that's just instantiated ahistorically, but that it's still God humbling himself to enter into our humanity, not another humanity, our humanity. Of course. So the fact that like the churches we built were in the temples of the old gods is, it's absolutely right because we're still taking the form and then orientating it towards God so that it can never be orientated towards man again. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a preventative work of the gospel. I mean, right, right. It, it, as much as it um, can be described positively, it can also be described as destroying sin and, and mm-hmm. its structures. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the church, I think, and this is where I'm really sort of speaking for myself here. Um, I, I, I do think it has in some way a preventative um, attack on tyranny precisely in its taking up of the trappings of power. So, so what I mean is, like, um, so the question more specifically was, things like, um, like, is dogma negotiable? Isn't that propaganda in the sense of just like a message delivered from top down, you know? And and the thing is, first I, of all, the answer is sort of.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, what I mean is, is that dogma, dogma is articulated historically in history for historical reasons, right? As a part of as a part of the discussion that the church is having over what the truth is,
0: and the church is always claiming to be mediating and not creating That's right. that Truth. I mean, it's but, but, but this is the tradition. But there's a
1: great, a great more truth that we have not uh, articulated as dogma yet. Yeah, of course, <laughs> <laughs> like an infinite amount. But all but all I so, want to so, say so so it's always. I guess what I'm saying is it always is in fact bound in in the historical process.
0: Okay, but 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 what all I want to say is this. Okay. Is that when you have a pope with three crowns on his head, sitting on a throne, giving a a dogma, right? On the face of it. With people kissing his feet. Yeah. Yeah. And and his ring. Yeah. 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 (laughs) On the face of it, I, I want to absolutely agree that you have the trappings of tyranny. Okay. In precisely the same way that I want to agree... That the christmas tree is pagan (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i think the form is taken up because then okay so then you have okay that's that's the fullness of power on display okay but then ask what is really going on and you have a man who's saying that he is nothing but the mediation of the true king god that he's not legislating in the sense of like giving laws, no. but is is speaking, teaching the truth, th- the tradition the that
1: already exists. This is what, well, he, and he refers to himself as the slave of the
0: slaves of mm-hmm. God, the servant of the servants of God. Right, right, and and that's what I mean by an undoing. Right, because now, it. so so in a world precisely in a world in which the Pope can sit on his throne and explain dogma to people kissing his feet, is the same world in which it's which someone like a like a jeff bezos can't who has he can't and he has all of the of the temporal power right i mean he has more power amassed within his money than has i mean it's it's god kings would have dreamed or or think of of the military
1: power of of the president of the united states i mean uh, nothing i mean the pope is laughable
0: but that. what would happen if Jeff then got on his throne, put on his triple crown and tried to, tried to you know. We would laugh at him. We would laugh because he would be trying to be like the Pope. Pope. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have set up a form which, which, because it has undone it, means that it can no longer be imitated for man. It's been claimed for God. It can no longer have that same, you know, in the exact same way, like, that if someone claims to be God, we say things like, you is he think he's Jesus Christ reincarnate or something? Yeah, that's... People say reincarnate because that's that's how we think, so so i I think that's that's what that's my argument. I think all this is true, oh that's nice <laughs> I do. I think that's a
1: very good way of putting it. I do think though that we we have to remember that that when we say this, the just society, the perfect society, the church is not in fact adopting the tyrannical forms, yeah, right I mean, because what what when it when it's it really redirects different. them, it actually renders them it actually renders them a different thing, yes. Okay so it just it just it has some of the externals or the accidents of it but which it's, is
0: why those externals can change it's like you don't have to wear the triple crown right so um, for example <laughs> another
1: example would be would be the way in which because of sin um, the reality of sin to use power for the common good so exactly to use it not self-interestedly yeah would sometimes require very often does require um Using that power against the perceived interests of those over whom you have the power. Sure. Okay. So, so what we can think of is like disciplining a child, passing laws that that uh, force or compel people to not do things that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. That these very well may may be perfectly just, perfectly um, uh, perfectly just uses of power. But because the corruption is in the one that the power is being wielded over. Mm-hmm. The, the the corrupt corrupt people are servile, right? Like that, remember we talked from the very beginning that you have in the in the tyrant relationship, the master slave relationship, it's actually a relationship, right? So like the slave has to be servile for that relationship to exist. Mm-hmm. So when you have corrupt people, they, they, there's servility there. And and one of the ways then in which a good master has to use his power for the common good, is to sort of enter into that servility in an attempt to undo it. Mm-hmm. So you, you might use fear, but you're using fear in order to move them past fear,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? You need them to move into virtue, mm-hmm. but fear might be a place to begin, mm-hmm. right? Punishment, these sorts of things. So there can be, those things look like ty- ty- tyranny because what the tyrant's doing is taking those mechanisms and absolutizing them. Right. All of the social space is going to be governed by fear. right Well, it is that doesn't mean that every instance of fear is tyrannical, right. I mean it, it you could say, well, every instance of fear sort of shares aspects with tyranny. looks like tyranny, sure. right? It's hard to distinguish between the two
0: right. I mean, I mean and if you're
1: subject to it, you may not be able to distinguish between mm-hmm. two. You might experience a just
0: authority as tyrannical because you're corrupt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. So I think, but the different, the difference that, but there is a there is a difference, and it is just the exterior view of that looks the same, because for for the person who is taking on a coercive or or what looks like tyrannical form, it's precisely in response to that real corruption. Right. Whereas the point of tyranny is rule for private gain. So when that same action happens, they they give a law uh, in, in a coercive manner, for mm-hmm. instance the intention is that for that to always remain the case. Yeah, in fact, what they wanna do is create this, if the servility isn't there, they
1: wanna create it. Right. It's, it has the opposite, um, the opposite uh, um, uh, motive, because the motive of the just authority is to move people out of servility into freedom. Mm-hmm. The motive of the tyrant is to find anywhere where there's freedom and mm-hmm. enslave it.
0: Right, right, yeah. <laughs> now,
1: the, but the, the, form, the form of police, law, discipline is similar. Right I mean it can be confusing what you're looking at
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I, but I, will, I, I would argue that there it's not really ultimately the same thing no. even if it, even if it does somewhat look like it. So my point is that the church, if we think of it as a just the just society, um so the church including the laity and you know the whole sort of social order, does have to adopt tyrannical forms to the in order for it to achieve its end, which is the common good mm. Mm-hmm. So th- those are going to be there sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the point is that they are oriented towards their their own surpassing, mm-hmm. and they have within them the means to fulfill themselves it, by surpassing them, right? Like the beating of the swords into plowshares is really the objective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's really where we're going, mm-hmm. rather than turning the plows into swords, which right. is what the tyrant
0: does. Right, absolutely. Right? Yeah, and I, and I think this is, in some ways, it explains both the similarity and the difference. So, so you know, is the church uh, using propaganda when it, you know, catechizes its people? It's like, well, to a corrupt people, catechesis is going to appear as propaganda. I mean, you think about... That's right, yeah. Think about people that are, are like, like birth control is an obvious example, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, we are whole-scale corrupt. Most of the laity, even, maybe I don't know about most, but definitely a bunch of the clergy all think birth control's fine. So then how how is something even as like frankly like reasoned out as Humane Vitae received? Well it's propaganda. Propaganda. Yeah, top yeah. down law. This isn't the real world. You're giving us this like, you know, past vision that's not the truth anymore. And, you know, okay, so that's how it's received. But the point being that that same teaching as people grow into an into the virtue by which they can understand it then begins to appear as catechesis yeah it's true. I mean this others. is the difference of
1: I think we talked about this in the section the the episode on propaganda where we talked about preaching you know yeah. that preaching the truth is is a is a invitation to initiate people into the community that's building the truth to the church, yeah. right? So it's, it's a missionary, it's yeah. reaching out. So it's not people who are not a part of the conversation that's constructing the society of justice. It's an invitation to them, an instruction. And that can be, you're not a part of it to the extent that you're corrupt, to the extent that you're a sinner. And 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 I think I, think I would be willing to say that in order to reach people who are corrupt, you may even have to adopt some of the tactics of propaganda mm-hmm. because that's what they're – that is what they're receptible. Mm-hmm. That's what they're, they're – they they receive that. They're susceptible to it. Right. So like so
0: to use a birth control instance, you might use a tactic by which you don't reveal your true end, which is that they convert morally and you just say something like, hey, this stuff's bad for you.
1: Yeah, it's like unnatural or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the, the
0: the i think a key would be that you're not lying no you're not and that you're all you don't have an ulterior motive well and, and, and maybe it's worth pointing out that what this what we're not saying is that you're just habituated into into it appearing as normal or true so right. what i mean is it actually has to be true if you're ever able to move out of a servile servile fear with, with which you accept it the tr- and the truth down. can't be incidental right. so like
1: the truth has to the, the way and what that means is that is that the mechanisms, the institutional mechanisms that are propagandizing in a good way, we could say, I guess, um, have to have within them the ability for fulfillment. so if if it doesn't, if the truth, it's like, well, maybe what they're saying is true, but it's it's they're they're essentially, just habituating people into the truth, regardless of whether or not it's true, right? That's incidental to it. Well, then you just have Christianity as an ideology, mm-hmm. Christianity as a as a as a fanatical system, right? Whereas, right? or Christianity well, ultimately, what it is is like hypocrisy, right? It's yeah. like the definition of hypocrisy. It's like the Pharisees who have the true law but are using it as a mechanism of social of social control, yeah, rather than as a way of initi- of moving people into freedom. Mm-hmm that that's a corruption of the church and i think right so
0: i think i mean i i don't think i'm alone in experiencing the what distinguishes um what extinguishes that kind of delivery of truth when it when it really is true is the ability to always move deeper into it Mm -hmm. so what i mean is like if you think about the things that i was taught in in my ignorance and sinfulness i really was just given a top-down world of like jesus christ is god um, you know, God is Trinity, you know, this, mm-hmm. which if you just look at on the face of that, you could say like, well, isn't that, isn't that just propaganda? And it's like, yeah, but because it's actually true, it initiates a relationship of the person to the real world, which then their own creativity and freedom and rationality then begins to participate in to the point that you're not, you're saying the same words, but then by the time you're growing older and you're thinking about it, when you are talking about the mystery of the Trinity, it's, it's something that you, can always know more about mm-hmm. can always freely have as your own in the sense yeah of because
1: the truth isn't owned by the person who is teaching you they're just a mediator right. this is what we mean by true mediation right it's just yeah. a, just a mediator of the power of God and the truth of God
0: okay so is the church a tyranny well I think that, that, that we, we gave two answers one insofar as people are corrupt and sinful it has to take on tyrannical forms but that should not allow us to believe that there's not an essential difference mm-hmm. in those forms. I mean, if you, the difference between permanentizing the relationship of master slave and then the difference between that and acknowledging that it exists and using it so that slavery can be, all chains can be broken.
1: Which is, which is the relationship between the old Testament and the new Testament. I think would, would be another way of saying that. Yeah. Like the law and grace, servility and freedom. Mm-hmm. And, and because the, the whole economy of salvation has law, has that component to it as a necessary piece of moving into fulfillment mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's the same as pharaoh yeah absolutely right because there's also the new Testament, <laughs> right. and, and, and then, so,
0: then that's the second or it was the first thing we mentioned but then i yeah. think so you have that um way in which the church can be tyrannical then you have the second way in which i think it literally is taking up contingent human forms of of Idolatrous power, mm-hmm. claiming them for God so that they can never be used again without laughter. Right. I, I yeah, and I just love it. You're right. It's why the church, that's why the church looks like it looks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's why I really get annoyed when people are like, okay, let's get rid of all of these trappings because we want to be like like a pure and simple church. It's like, well, yeah, but then the then the other guys can um start being gods again. And we don't want that. We don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then the third thing, though, I think that we, we can leave with this is that. There's just the pure, the more purely negative way in which we can say that the church takes on tyrannical forms is when the church is sinning, when it's clergy yeah, the is the church sinning. itself can be corrupt. Yeah, so like right, like is the church, you know, <laughs> like the church has basically in America become structurally a ginormous nonprofit that acts like it. You know, with its employees, with its insurance models, with its investments in the market, with lawyers. Yeah, with with, yeah, with its lawyers, with its embarrassing like um, sort of risk management, HR procedures, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the okay. So so we can we can look at that and say, well, what's what's awesome about the church is how repulsive all that is, because if that was true of uh simply a some other organization we would say they were being normal they would be normal yeah but it upsets us <laughs> because, because yeah because the church ought not to be normal the church ought not not to be normal and so <laughs> and those are tyrannical <laughs> forms where you can feel it right so like if you are a employee of the church and um you are getting your wage and and your 401k from the church and then that's threatened because. Um, you know, the church, your parish hired a consulting company and they determined that your job wasn't worth it or whatever. Like you are undergoing tyranny within the church in a real way. And so, and, and you're suffering it. But the point is that the church is sitting there.
1: Yeah. So the church, the church is, it's like, again, St. Augustine, the, the, the city of man and the city of God intermingle and intermix and, 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 and mm-hmm. in the in the hierarchical church and the institutional church there's always the city of man in there, Mm -hmm. right? tugging at it and -hmm. and, and some epochs worse than others, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And that's why we need reform.
0: That's right. (laughs) Okay, so I hope all of this answered uh, the questions as they were given and we really appreciate the feedback. We'll try to do these um, periodically and probably a big one at the end, so. Sounds great, thank you. Thanks so much, bye.